Welcome to Real Health, Real People. I'm Heather Crawford. And I'm Sarah Frappier. And we're here to talk about real health for real people. Is it over? And, oh, what's happening? And stop. Wait. Oh, okay. We're going (laughs) to. Should we just keep going? Yeah. Okay. Apparently the metronome was on. So we can talk in beat time. (laughs) It was like going forever. It usually does this like three, two, one. Yeah. That's so weird. (laughs) All right. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I did it again. All right. Metronome. Metronome in time. (laughs) That's my song for you. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Welcome to Real Health, Real People. That's Heather. That's Sarah. Yeah, I switched it up on you. I know. I was like, wait. You paused for a second. (laughs) My brain was confused. (laughs) I know. We're just trying to keep you guys on your toes. I like to throw those curveballs. Changing it up. Yeah, y'all. All right. So, yeah, we're here to talk about some stuff about health. About health. Real health. For real people, because that's what we do. We talk about the things that you want to know about. <laughs> the hard-hitting news of today's generations. <laughs> oh, if you haven't listened to our past episodes, you really should go back, because we've got some really good ones. Yeah, we try to hit all the like main buzzword topics. Yeah. And there's tons of them, of course. Oh, like, the health always. market's flooded with all kinds of new stuff and fads and things and yeah, all goodness. I'm going to take a sip of water out of my BPA-free bottle real quick. Nice segue. (laughs) Yeah, because we're going to be talking about BPA today. BPA today. Bisphenol A, which um, I'm sure you've all heard about. And you see, like Heather said, if you buy water bottles, how many of you specifically look for the ones that say BPA-free? Right. I mean, even, like, the stuff... Like, I get for my kids' lunch, like, lunchbox um, organizers and... Like, Tupperware-type yeah, stuff? Yeah, all plastic stuff. Anything plastic, BPA-free. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. But do we know? Why? Why are we no. so... Why am I avoiding BPA? Why are no we idea. all of a sudden not wanting BPA? Because we are constantly flooded with warnings of all I kinds know. of harmful chemicals. No, but really, go back even and, like, listen to our episode about soy... Because this is kind of like the same Yeah, on the same vein. Yeah. Where we just saw all of a sudden things saying BPA-free and we were like, oh. Oh, we shouldn't use BPA. <laughs> like, all, like all these things are talking about, like BPA, the new danger, question right. mark. Yeah. Like, you know, you see those nude yeah, articles, yeah, yeah. like, is BPA poisoning you? <laughs> question mark. And then you're like, oh my God, oh my is it? Is it? <laughs> And then you forget to watch the newscast, so you just assume BPA is poisoning you. Yeah, you throw away all your Tupperware and go by new. But it's like one of those scare tactics used by, you know, just to keep life interesting. Yeah. And But the sad thing is, is because they do it about so much stuff, and stuff becomes falsified and overblown, that we, then we don't know what's don't know really what's real. harmful. Right. Like, is it really harmful? Is it not? We don't know. We're about to tell you. <laughs> but um, what is it? First of all, it's just an organic synthetic compound. With a really long chemical formula that I don't think you guys care about. (laughs) Um, Colorless solid, soluble in organic solvents, but poorly soluble in water, which is why it's used to make plastics and epoxy resins and has actually been used since like 1957. 
Um, BPA plastic is clear and tough, made into water bottles, sports equipment, CDs, DVDs, um, food and what are those? beverage cans. Yeah. What's a CD? <laughs> Not an MP3, a CD, boys and girls. <laughs> Um, thermal paper used in sales receipts. Like you, I saw these oh. scare articles about don't touch your sales receipts. Oh, Could gosh. they be poisoning you? Like again, like same oh. thing because it's used in like the coatings of the sales receipts. Um, they used to be used in like aluminum can linings, mm-hmm. like soda yep. cans and canned products, polycarbonate plastic. It's one of the highest volume of chemicals produced worldwide. And oh, so... Wow. It's used in all kinds of plastics. And that was an estimate um, in 2015, 4 million tons of BPA chemicals were produced. Wow. So That's a lot. And not all of it in terms of, like, that would come into contact with us in terms of, like, nutrition or, like, you know, bottles yeah, or yeah, food yeah. or whatever. I mean, it's used in countless, countless, countless other products. I think the percentage is actually used for things that could affect us in the, like, new, like, Getting into our body yeah. kind of way is, is fairly minimal really small. Yeah. compared to, like, the actual quantity of product used. Um, yeah, because, you know, nobody thought anything about it until the 90s. Yeah. That's when they started looking at it. And Stanford University researchers realized that tiny amounts can actually leach out of the plastic. Right. So that's where all of this, um, that's where all the rest of this is coming from. Yeah, and... The concern with it is that um, it exhibits estrogen-mimicking hormone-like properties, which, again, kind of like we talked about in soy, soy, that estrogen-mimicking hormone-like that is raising concern about the products in food containers. And so really, since 2008 specifically, so like these articles started coming out, like Heather said, in the 90s and early, early 2000s, all of these scientific you know, universities and labs and everything started doing research on BPA and what's it doing in animal studies. And so in 2008, lots of governments and food agencies like Canadian, European, Mm -hmm. FDA, all of that started really digging in and wondering, like, do we need to start regulating? Do we need some retailers to withdraw the products? And some, some retailers, because of the scare among the public because they started reading yep. all of these like reports and hearing these news articles and stuff, news articles and stuff. Consumers stopped buying yeah. stuff that I had did. BPA in the packaging. Yeah. I stopped buying stuff and only so, because of the, you know, only because things were saying BPA free and I was like, Oh, well, I'm so you're, to get people that. <laughs> were choosing the BPA free yeah. over those with BPA and specifically main, like hugely, it was of course anything in baby bottles and infant infant formula packaging because of course we're completely protective yeah. of our offspring. Of course, us offsprings. <laughs> um, and so recently, Food and Drug Administration ended its authorization of the use of BPA in these things, but it was based on market abandonment and not safety. Right. The same with the European Union and Canada banning it in baby bottles yeah, yeah. just because I guess in terms of market value and the way people were purchasing. Yeah. I mean, it always comes back to money. Yeah. So in terms of that, but we of course look at the science. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> this one article I was reading, it says by now tests have found the BPA chemical in more than 90% of Americans. And I was like, 
I haven't been tested for BPA. Like, where is that stat coming from? Yeah, where is that? How are they figuring that? Like, this is that was clearly like an anti BPA leaning mm-hmm. article because there's nothing that doesn't. It's not showing me where like ninety percent of Americans. So it's like they tested ten Americans and nine out of ten had BPA. Right, like exactly. it must have done by like sample yeah, population, yeah. Um, and then they extrapolate because obviously that's how epidemiological studies yeah. work. But the risk of BPA contamination are still in dispute. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons being, I did a PubMed search of just BPA into PubMed, like we usually start off right. doing. And got 10,885 hits. 10,000, y'all. Sometimes we plug into PubMed and get like four. Yeah, like six. (laughs) (laughs) This is 10,000. So 10,885. So of course I went, um, I'm not spending my lifetime (laughs) reading all of these articles. Mm. So I looked at the titles just to give a list of the subjects that they were researching on and they include obesity diabetes metabolic disorders female and male fertility puberty hormone activity children infant health reproductive cancers breast cancer colon cancer in utero effects allergy and asthma airway disease neurological disorders brain function immunotoxicity behavioral problems adhd resistance to cell death renal function cardiac effects mechanisms of action and metabolism and environmental effects and levels Whew. that's a lot (laughs) so pretty much they're covering their bases yes but you can also imagine like people that are responsible for our policies and regulations and making these assessments of what's what in terms of all these articles are very overwhelmed yeah i mean Especially, yeah, because they're just government officials. (laughs) Yeah, like spending their time reading articles and assessing the validity of the research. 10,000. Here you go. Here's some light work, you know, (laughs) weekend work, Agatha. I don't, I imagine her name is Agatha. (laughs) I was like, do you know Agatha? I I do. We're good, we're good pals. We're chums (laughs) from back in the day. She's just spending her life reading about BPA. (laughs) Poor thing. Aww. But no, you got to figure there are people like this is their, they're required to investigate and new articles are coming out all the time. Some of them, again, we talk about the quality of the research. Some of them of better quality than others. Of course. Some, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of these studies are done in rodents Mm -hmm. and not actual Humans. humans. Right. So that has to be taken into consideration. Um, and when they look at, assigning what levels are toxic or what you know human thresholds are when you scale it from a rodent into a human like it's difficult yeah like so something that may be toxic in a rodent may or may not be exactly in a scalable fashion the same level toxic in in a human so they're trying to find like what do we need to recommend do we need to ban this what do we need to do um, and like, you know, environmental protection agency also has to look at how much is in our environment. What is that doing to not just humans, but, you know, animals and soils and very complex Yeah, well, because it's such a widely used chemical. Yes. I mean, we said what, four billion. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> million tons. Well, and this is one of those where there's clearly people on each side. Yeah. 
um, that are contradicting each other. Mm-hmm. Um, like one, um, Gail Prins, <clears throat> Gail Prins, a physiologist at the University of Illinois at Chicago, says there's too much data consistent across studies time and time again to ignore it and suggest BPA has no effect on humans. However, the plastic industry and regulatory agencies, including the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, say BPA is safe for humans at the levels people are exposed to. So there's a lot of back and forth. Right. The recent report in 2015 of the EFSA... Um, said BPA poses no health risk to consumers because current exposure to the chemicals is too low to cause harm. Right. And this was the whole, like, European food safety, which is basically their equivalent of our FDA. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But then you think back to that, you know, 10 billion pounds of the material were produced, you know, worldwide. Four million. (laughs) Whatever. Same 10 thing. billion, 4 million. Does yours say 10 billion? Yeah. Oh, right. It says as of 2012, 10 billion pounds of the material were produced worldwide. Okay. I think my, oh, 4 million each year. Okay. Yeah. So it's. Well, it says the market's expected to expand by about 5% annually in the near future. So I don't know. <laughs> it seems like a lot of things that we could possibly be exposed to. But again, I I do think most consumers, when they're purchasing, they do tend to gravitate towards the things that say BPA free. Well, and like you, to your point, I do too. Yeah. I I'm and when I went into this research, I went in fully expecting everything to be like BPA bad. Yeah. All of this like mounting and mounting mounting evidence that is just horrible for you. Yeah. And we should just completely eliminate BPA, but it's turned into a little more complicated than that. Mainly because of the volume of research and the the quality of some of the right. research yeah. is like I think the main thing because you know in ten thousand you know almost eleven thousand articles like sorting through what's quality and what isn't and subject population sizes and all that and like I said I sadly did not have you know years to read through right. eleven thousand yeah, yeah, yeah. articles. <laughs> Well, they were there was this one study where they were testing blood just to see, you know, how much BPA was in in the blood and it was like around one part per billion. So super low like yeah. one part per, per billion. And they also said though that it's really hard to avoid contamination when testing because like BPA is found in dust and just like particles in the air (laughs) well and you would figure they have to use all bpa free laboratory testing equipment which is probably difficult like you know i'm just thinking of working in a lab you have pipette tips and test tubes and you know the the sample trays and all that is made out of plastic so that would all yeah your safety (laughs) safety gloves like do they have they have a completely bpa sterile environment environment. you would have to imagine in order to make these an accurate assessment because otherwise you could be leaching from your very you know, equipment into the samples. Like, it's, you know. But, again, like, you know, they're saying such low amounts. Like, they did lower in the the European um, states to, or countries, the tolerable daily intake, basically, like, what they would say is a safe level 
to be only f- to be four micrograms per kilogram of body weight. Mm-hmm. And that's 12 and a half times lower than the previous level. Right. So they have lowered like the amount that they believe to be a safe level. But the highest estimates of aggregated exposure to BPA from dietary and non-dietary sources is three to five times lower than that. Right. So yeah. they've lowered the tolerable level. However, what we're exposed to is still three to five times lower than that number. Yeah, so there was a researcher at the Pacific Northwest National Laboratory, and he published a study investigating the impact of consuming soup containing six times the FDA's acceptable daily intake of BPA. It was only on 10 men, but they tested the blood at the end, and their concentrations of BPA were only 0.1 per billion. Yeah. So 10 times lower than levels, you know, that they're saying are safe. Yeah. After being exposed to thousands of, you know, like all of this, it was still lower than... Well, and you have to figure too, like it was interesting because like this came out in 2015 and they're saying dietary exposure is anywhere between four to five times lower than previously estimated. And you have to wonder, is that because we're all now shifting to BPA-free? Yeah, I would assume so. And then that just makes me go, okay, well, if it's BPA-free, what have they put there instead? Oh, for the plastic. (laughs) Right, because like obviously we've all jumped on this bandwagon of, okay, we don't want BPA, so they had to do something. Well, they yeah, they had to replace a way to... I'm sure that's another podcast, but I'm just like, like, in my head right now, like, well, there's probably something else in it now that... (laughs) Yeah, what are they using to harden the plastics, lining the food and beverage containers, like, what are they shifting to? Well, I even saw, and maybe I'm making this up, like, these metal, like, whatever these materials are, I have one right now. I'm not, I'm not seeing what it is. It's like a metal water bottle. Yeah, I've got the metal one too. And I saw somewhere one of those like scare type articles like are the metal bottles bad yeah. for you? Like what's lining or what's in the metal bottles? Yeah. And a lot of them say too like hand wash only, don't yeah. use exceedingly warm water. And I'm like, why? Mm, yeah, mine says hand wash only. Mm-hmm. So you just have to wonder. Right. Again, like they're... They get, they have to mass produce stuff. Right. They have to make it durable. And they have to, you know, so yeah, if they're taking out one chemical, what are, what they, are putting they putting in its in? place? Right. Are they just modifying? Because, you know, when you take a chemical, like, and you modify it, like, you may just be, review, like, uh, removing a methyl group or adding a, right. you know, an oxygen somewhere or whatever. And then you can, it, it's, a, it's a different chemical structure, but it could be very similar Right. And it would be a different name, but mm. does it have the same, the same. properties? Right. Like, it's, you know, it's kind of like a way around the system where it's like, okay, well, it's not BPA. Right, yeah, yeah, Even though it's, like, virtually identical the in chemical structure, except right. for one structural difference. It's BPB. Yeah. <laughs> BPA asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> so, kind of one of those scenarios, um, well, what are, you know, what are we trading for exactly and then you know and with all of this research focusing on bpa like who have people started to ask questions about what mm-hmm. have we switched to that is know. a good question how they're like well, what are we doing now <laughs> <laughs> like there's always gonna be something oh absolutely <laughs> i mean we get so laser focused on one thing that we're 
we can't see the forest because of the trees. Mm. <laughs> She's so wise. I learn so much from you every day. No, but it's so true. Like, we get so focused on something like BPA and then, like, that's all, like, we're just focused on and we're not thinking, okay, well, what else could there be? Yeah. And again, like, and sadly, not necessarily for all the right reasons, right. but manufacturers and authorities and regulations because the fact that we're not buying stuff that says has bpa anymore Mm -hmm. they're mainly producing stuff without bpa right they've put regulations on it and of course theirs is market driven yeah but that also speaks to the power of the consumer absolutely so we started hearing this might be dangerous for us we stopped buying stuff with Mm -hmm. bpa so they switched to not using bpa well, I love the power of the people. Like, we talk all the time just even about fast food and how fast food's really bad for you. Like, don't do it. Don't eat it. And so people stopped. Like, mm-hmm. they were losing money. And the fast food industry has had to make some major changes. And how yeah, exciting you, is that? You see all the time, like, now they're offering more salads. And they're They're saying, pulling chemicals out of their food. They're saying, like, we're switching to organic They're using meats. meat. Actual meat. Real meat. (laughs) So, of course, we're not saying fast food's great by any stretch. But I'm just saying, like, the power of the consumer. Yeah. Like, we sometimes sit back and feel like... We're powerless. There's nothing we can do. Like, we just have to consume this stuff. But we can make radical change with our dollars. Yeah. If we don't buy it, that hurts them. And that's that's when they pay attention. Absolutely. If If we're complaining we're getting nothing but junk, but we're buying it. Exactly. They're going to keep producing it because mm-hmm. they're putting money in their pocket and their stock's going up. Yeah. If we stop buying it yep. and we're complaining, then all of a sudden they're going to listen to that because they want to make money. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It does make me feel very powerful. Yeah. It's sad that that's their motivation. Like they oh, wouldn't just voluntarily do these research and go, oh, this is bad. Let's switch. But no, we. They, it's got to affect their bottom line. Of course. It's got to affect their bottom line. But, um, yeah, so it does seem like with that huge laundry list of stuff that I read, though, I mean, if it has the potential to affect one or any or all of those things and you have the option to buy BPA-free, right? like, why wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Like, why wouldn't you buy BPA-free? And clearly enough people have stopped buying BPA that, you know, like we said, manufacturers are making the switch. And it's available. So, you know, might as well choose it. But, yeah, yeah. are we choosing something that is (laughs) something different? I just read, like, it's so funny because I'm reading this um, article as we're talking. But it said, like, despite the FDA's continued support of BPA, the chemical is already being replaced on the market due to consumer concerns. But with substances such as vice Phenol S. So yeah, so again, BPS. another bisphenol. Yeah, BPS. <laughs> it says behaves similarly, which of course, I mean, like, that's how they make plastics. Yeah. So. so it's exactly like what I said, and I know from working in a lab, like, especially in organic chemistry, like, you do these reactions, and that's how they make um, a lot of pharmaceuticals, is they'll right. make thousands of derivatives of a chemical, and it could just be one small one modification. Yeah. One small modification. And so they are virtually identical, but then they look at the efficacy, like, is one more effective than the other? Right. Essentially. That's how they, you know, narrow down their chemical choices for certain functions and uses. And, you know, to them, maybe 
BPA is the most effective or whatever, but like they could use BPS and still get and still a get result same, and yeah. consumers aren't going, well, I'm not buying it because yeah. no, not people aren't saying, oh, we need things to be BPS free. Yeah. They're just saying BPA free, but it's kind of like a marketing trick. Yeah. We're still consuming BPS. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> it's just, it's funny. <laughs> and, you know, it, we don't want to be all like, is it harming you? Dun, dun, dun. Right. <laughs> right. Like, like those news reports that oh, just make us believe that if we leave topics. our houses, we're going to die. Right. Um, because, again, like, science is showing, like, the levels are low. Yeah. We are in, you know. And it's relatively new. I mean, what did we say, the 50s? The 50s so, is when it started to be using in mass you know, production. We don't really understand even yet, like, the super long-term effects of low-level exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, but so far, everything's leading to it's not really harming us. Yeah, and the ones that there are potential health effects, they're still somewhat uncertain. Right. Um, there are there are still, this one is, did say in 2015, the... The levels are still pending the outcomes of an ongoing long-term study that's going on. Oh, good. I um, like long-term studies. Involving prenatal, prenatal as well as postnatal exposure to BPA. And this is awesome. done in rats. And then the one that I... And that was from the European unions. And then the one from the FDA, um, there apparently is also a, a continuing and ongoing assessment okay. of effects on on health and so yeah they're reviewing additional studies as they become available including those addressing possible low dosing effects so they're using experts from across their agency in toxicology analytical chemistry endocrinology epidemiology and other fields to complete a four-year review of more than 300 scientific studies to date they have not found any information in the evaluated studies to prompt a revision of the current safety assessment. Right. But it's still ongoing. So they release they release updates like every couple years on like their ongoing, the ongoing studies. Yeah. Studies. But so far they haven't made any drastic changes to yeah. their recommendations. Well, I mean, and like we said, like it's still just like I'm still gonna buy BPA free. Yeah, but, I will too. But now I know I'm getting BPS. So <laughs> Yeah, like BPA I mean, for BPS. Whatever. Like I, I I really try hard not to use the, um, like, water, like disposable water bottles. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that what you call them? I guess. Yeah, disposable plastic. The ones you throw away. Like, we, we use our reusable bottles, and I like to think that at least helps the environment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I was reading, too. I'm really interested in the EPA side of it. I was reading there, too, and they're looking at... Because of the high use of BPA, and it's in the environment, and they're looking at um, what's called bioremediation, which is basically using natural, like, plants or bacteria or whatever to degrade certain chemicals. Like, they use it in, like, oil spills and Mm -hmm. things like that. Like, the big Gulf oil spill. Like, bacterial flora, like, was what cleaned it up. And that was naturally occurring. Like, that was Mother Earth taking care of herself. Yeah, yeah, Because all this bacteria came and ate the oil. So it's kind of a similar thing. They're How looking cool at bacteria that they're breeding to help eat up this BPA. Mm-hmm. Um, that was actually, so I did. So to, like, disintegrate the bottles, you mean? Well, in the, the chemicals that are leached. Right. Because oh, yeah. you got to figure, like into the water around the these soil. manufacturing plants, yeah. 
all of the waste that they have to get rid of, a right. lot of it they bury. Mm-hmm. So a lot of waste from manufacturing companies get put, gets put in drums yeah. and buried. I don't know how far they're required to bury it, but they bury it. Uh-huh. And then so leeches to there the is soil. some leaching yeah. that occurs. And so they're trying, like, manufacturers are finding ways to, like, put bacterial colonies in these areas to help eat up and... Hmm. That's so degrade. cool. Yeah. That was my whole undergraduate research project was on looking at that for polyaromatic hydrocarbons, which is a lot of stuff that's in like oils and petroleums and gasolines. And, I like when you use big words. Yeah. <laughs> makes me feel smart. Like super smart. It makes me feel smart sitting next to you. By association. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, they're clearly looking at ways to clean BP up. Not only from the products that we consume, but in the, but the um, environment, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. waste, which is, you know, that's another huge Ugh, problem yeah. is manufacturing and yes, environmental leaching. Sure. Um, so what's our conclusion on BPA? Um, I'm still going to buy BPA free. Yeah, me too. Um, because there are all these studies that are linking it to all of these issues yeah. like that giant laundry list of potential issues right right cancers and reproductive and attention and adhd and neurological like i so if there's an alternative mm-hmm. yay but then of course the scientific brain in me says i'm just using another just form of the it. same thing right so it's you know but am i going to con- discontinue using a water bottle entirely i mean i can't do that i mean i, I don't have I'm not going to just put my mouth to Under it. the faucet. <laughs> like, just pour my Brita into my mouth. My Brita's made of plastic, too. Exactly, Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. Ooh, yeah. these are our, these are the choices we get to make. And as a consumer, you can choose to buy BPA-free or yeah. And, you know, first not. world problems. First world problems. Yeah. Back to that. At least we have bottles we can put water Clean in. Clean water that we're drinking. What water bottles are y'all using? Hit us up at realhealthrealpeople at gmail.com. Show us your favorite water bottle. Yeah. Let us know what you're using. And let us know. Are most of you purchasing BPA-free? Yeah. Or are An, you just saying informer, whatever? Informal poll. Let's do it. Informal poll. Ready? Go. go. Check us out on all social media platforms. Check out our blog, realhealthrealpeople.com. As always, we love you listening. We like spending time with you. And we'll talk to you next time. Next week. Bye. Bye. We should have been funnier.